2: Here's a message from today's sponsor.
3: Hello there, adventurer. Get ready to embark on an epic journey with MythCraft RPG. MythCraft is the ultimate TTRPG system and universe brought to you by the Homebrew Network in partnership with Quasi-Real Publishing. With one of the most robust character creation systems on the market, you'll have the power to design and play your dream character in a huge, narratively rich universe. Choose from 14 lineages, 11 classes, countless occupation and profession options, and a ton of talents. Discover endless intriguing and unique combinations to create your perfect hero. And the best part? You'll get new options for your character with a new talent point every level. Mythcraft needs your support to make this happen. Check out the Kickstarter today at MythcraftRPG.com and get ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime. The MythCraft RPG Kickstarter is open until April 19th and you won't want to miss out on this thrilling journey. Let's do this. That's MythCraftRPG.com.
2: Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. So we are cruising right on through the month of March and bringing in amazing female creators from the tabletop role-playing game space to celebrate International Women's Month of this year. So really excited for tonight's guest. Before we introduce them, though, Mr. Myers, Mr. Miller, good evening. Let's start with our favorite game, Where is Glenn Tonight? Because I saw you guys driving, so I'm assuming you're no longer in Connecticut.
1: No, we're still in Connecticut. We didn't go anywhere it's kind of exciting. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we went to a dump station because... You know, to quote Christmas vacation, shitter was full. And to get a quote on solar. <laughs> uh, and that's where we were driving. So we are still we are still here in Connecticut. We were gonna be heading out right. for Florida soon, yesterday or today, like right after Valentine's Day. But we ran into a couple of things that changed our plans. One of them was that electrical surge and we're trying to stay in one spot near the mechanic that we like until we know everything straightened out. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah So we're probably gonna stay here through probably April at this point, I think. Right. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. All
2: right, Mr. Miller, how about you, sir? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Life is going exceptionally well on the tabletop front. I just got a Kickstarter from friend of the show, Josh. It was delivered to my house yesterday or day before yesterday. I actually finally got unbusy enough to crack it open last night, so I've got that in my hot little hands. I also stopped by my local game store, the Citadel and picked up my very own hardcover copy of Star Trek adventures by Mm Modiphius, the core rules. I've had the starter set for a while. I've had the GM guide for a while and I picked up the humble bundle. Try saying that three times fast several months ago. So I have most of their stuff digitally, but, um, in prepping for this game and running the first of two session zeros for our Patreon group, I really felt I wanted to have the tangible source material next to me. I don't always feel that way, but I really did this time, and I am looking forward to the game. Having the, that stuff by my side when I get ready to go, I'm going to be bookmarking a whole bunch of key spots so I can be ready to rock. And ooh, no, that makes total so sense. Many, so many good things happening with this game. I'm trying not to give away too many secrets, but (laughs) uh, uh, I will say in the next couple of weeks, we might be revealing stuff like theme music. I have commissioned to have some artwork done for the hero ship of the show. So that's being done. There's even a possibility we might have some unique uniforms being designed so the people can can kind of get into that role. Really looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm
2: really excited. looking forward to start airing that content also. So, that's the Star Trek game that we're going to be running with Patreons. It's going to be appearing on the channel very soon. We'll be making big announcements about that. But if no. you haven't heard about that or if you want to get in on it, now's the time to go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon to go ahead and get to the invite
1: game. And it should be fantastic. Ali Wanika, I've known him my whole life. He's been a Trekkie as long as he's been a role player. And I'm really excited yeah. to see where he goes with this. Absolutely.
2: Without any further ado, though, let's go ahead and introduce tonight's guests. So, from the Mirror. Merely NPCs podcast and all their offshoot podcasts that they have off of the uh, the Merely NPCs label. We have got Sarah and Morgan here in studio to go ahead and uh, introduce them to all of you out there. Sarah and Morgan, welcome to Tabletop Journeys. Hi. Welcome
4: back. Hi. We're so excited to be here.
2: We are super excited to have you. I'm really Absolutely. glad that we can have you on tonight. We were on your show about a year ago when we were putting out uh, the Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. You were kind enough to go ahead and have us on air, and we're very happy to go ahead yep. and return the favor and have you come in here and talk about your show and the awesome stuff that you guys are doing.
5: Yeah, a yeah. lot has happened since then, Josh. I heard you produced an air. Great, I have produced an. Air.
2: And Farence, so it's she is second in line to my fame and fortune. My, my older son is 21 and a junior in college, and now I have an eight week old. So that's a, or, uh, she's officially two months old today, actually. Apparently, and that's a <gasps> oh. that's apparently a big distinction between eight weeks and two months. When you're only two months old, apparently those extra days count for quite a bit. But she's like Amazing. It's fantastic. And I'm already so, so screwed for the next 20 years because whatever she wants forever. Yeah. I'm totally cooked. Yeah. But thank you. That's very good.
5: Oh, I love that. We've been producing our podcast pretty intermittently. I was telling Sarah, I was apologizing and I'll just do it publicly. Okay. <laughs> look, my life's been a little crazy. I just, you know, that thing where you get really stressed and you like look at houses you could never afford on Zillow. Is that, do you guys do that? I feel like, is that a, all oh, yeah. About- we do
2: that all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
5: I did last month. I had this moment of, oh, you know what would be like really great is if something like perfectly cheap landed exactly in our lap and I stumbled onto something and I was like, we should buy this. So I, on a whim, I got a wild hair, not so dramatically. I had the, we'd been planning on it. We bought a house and got really lucky. The market was really slow and it was a house that the offer had fallen through. We've been chaotically getting life together for that. So I have been apologizing to Sarah profusely that the podcast (laughs) schedule has been really irregular, but we're going to get back to it. And I will say our next episode will definitely come out before this episode airs. So, extra, so I'm there, making you know, a yeah, yeah. promise. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I just swear.
2: Okay, we'll hold you to that. You've got a couple of weeks Thank you, here, so yeah, that's, good.
4: Because
2: <laughs> we're hey, recording tonight on the night that Quantumania came out, and so in the air, episode's not going to air till the middle of March. So you've got a couple of weeks. We're nice. not going to wreck okay. you over
1: the coals about it or anything either, though, because we do totally get it. Oh, yeah, we do. Josh's new bundle of joy, and at the end of last year, we sold our house in December and bought an RV in January. But getting ready to sell through sale, was a huge part of between yeah. those two events our delays in getting our most recent project done. It's, yeah, life gets in the way; it happens. Yeah, really. It really sure it does.
5: does. That's yeah. I have often thought that like, maybe we should just move into an RV. Like maybe that's the move. I actually think that's really smart, and I'm really on board for that because and now we have self in. Yeah. So okay, I do love it. So, like, I mean, it was a lot to learn
1: to get this small, just as a warning. <laughs> it, a lot,
5: yeah. Where do you keep all your dice?
1: I use digital dice now. He's going digital. I know. I do have a set and a bag for when I go to game stores, but when I'm on the computer, I actually use digital dice now. Why? They don't take up space. Most of my books are digital. (laughs) But the click clock. Oh, I've got some click clocks if I need them. Don't get me wrong. Okay, (laughs) okay. They're here. How
2: about you, Sarah? How are you doing? I know he's <laughs> welcome to the show also. You know.
4: I'm doing great. I uh, still live in my house, but we are yep. talking about building a house <laughs> also on a neighboring lot that we bought when we bought nice. this house. But yeah, typically our podcasts are like bi-weekly, every couple of weeks. And we were pretty good up until the holidays and we took a little bit of a break then. Yep. And we've recorded a few since then, but yeah, it's just been... It's been hard with scheduling. Yeah,
2: it's still awesome to have you. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, it's still I'm glad to see. And we must appeal. You know, our podcast must both appeal to like people of a certain age. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about housing. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. like, time off for the holidays. Like yeah. So
5: Family <laughs> stuff. 401ks. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> big on
0: 401ks. You should really consult your financial professional and get seek one out if you haven't already done so. <laughs> that's my official line. See, I told you my professional voice would come out tonight. Actual retail value uh, may vary. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's not that good but even still even though the the main podcast episodes have been a little haven't been out as frequently you still keep me very happy with all the little snippets that come up the youtube shorts and because you have me in stitches like i yeah glenn i went there really i am (laughs) already you have me trade me that easily (laughs) it it was pretty easy but yeah you've always got something there and I love the way some of it's fresh content some of it's like pieces of episodes and so I'll be watching a couple of them and then I'll see that piece of an episode and I'm like I haven't Watch that that episode yet, or I haven't watched all of that episode, or maybe I want to rewatch that and to put that back into perspective. And it's a really good way to come back to your show and see what you got. And so don't be too hard on yourself for taking some time away in the middle of the winter because you're still, you still got stuff out there and we still know you're here. Your,
2: your TikTok content gets me through five o'clock feedings. Uh, oh, great. Was, so like
0: that's, yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, when I'm sitting there it's like, oh, that's Sarah. She's being well,
4: funny. All right. I feel like <laughs> even when we're not producing actual podcast episodes, we're always in discussions about something creative, either whether it's a TikTok or just in the background, we're always kind of saying things which they, they say with writers even if you're not writing if you're thinking about writing like you're still being yeah. productive and there's a lot behind the scenes that me and morgan are always yeah. back and forth and coming up with different yeah. things she is usually my go-to when i make a TikTok. is this funny <laughs> is this, <laughs> she's my feedback yeah. i think it's funny but i need a gauge here and she'll yeah yeah so she's kind of my is. approval Excellent.
5: We're chronically online, so we shoot things back and forth. Yeah. And when I start to second guess myself too much, I just have a little whiskey and then say it's funny enough and then post it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right. I think with that,
2: gentlemen, I think it is initiative time.
0: I got dice at the red. (laughs) All right. My Uh, glowing
2: dice. Let's see, ladies. Green or red tonight? That's what I've got on my desk.
1: Speaking of dice, and earlier we were talking about real dice versus digital dice. You know what I saw today? What would you see today? I saw an ad for the first ever is what they're claiming. I don't know if they really are. Bluetooth dice that connects to your computer so that when you roll, yes. it will come up in um, D&D Beyond or in yes. Roll20.
5: Sarah and I have both backed that Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarters that have been delayed (laughs) delayed.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I get those emails that I'm just like, I just want to know. I just want to know. Just sometime.
2: Yeah. They
4: are amazing. Like I see all their developmental updates and it's so cool. So excited. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The software designer in me recognizes that the problems that they're dealing with are difficult. And the person that wants the clickety clackety math rocks in my hand is come on. And we would be remiss if we did not point out, obviously, that Morgan and Sarah, both backers of our Kickstarter for Heroic Subclasses. And thank you, ladies. Uh, yeah. So thank you very much for that. I saw Sarah drinking out of her Heroic Subclasses mug as I'm wearing my merely NPCs sweatshirt. We're repping each other tonight. Yeah. Anywho, without any further ado, I'm going to go red and gold this evening. That seems to be the color palette that, that we're sporting. All right, gentlemen. Initiative to the ready. That's a 18. six for me.
0: Eighteen.
2: All right. Glenn, what do you got? Eighteen. Nineteen. Ooh. Snake, no! the first question.
1: All right, Glenn.
0: I was so close. My bad, my Morgan.
1: friend. Glenn, first question for this evening. How about it? Okay. So since I get the first question, I'm going to pitch you the super easy softball one. You'll love it. So Sarah and Morgan, you guys founded and created Merely NPCs, and you have a podcast called Out of Initiative and TikToks, and you got a lot going on. And we've been on your show before, which was a whole lot of fun. And we really enjoyed talking to y'all about our project at that point when we were working on Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. But this is your first time like, on our show being introduced to our fans, correct? Yeah,
5: so my first yeah, question yeah.
1: is, could y'all give us your origin story? Talk to us about how the two of you got together. I love the relation, by the way. And what made you want to do what you do? How you actually got rolling, and the kind of things you cover on your
4: show. Sure. Do you want me to go first? Do you really? want to read the A, or do you want to read the B? You want me to? I read know. The a? Read <laughs> I mean,
1: that's totally up <laughs> to like you. Well, if you want, you can also roll initiative to decide who goes first. We're easy. We what can
5: what do rollies. I have only because we're packing. I have only d sixes. Oh, I have a d twenty here. Hold on.
4: I have my
1: dice,
2: because I've been
4: GMing, so they're always, like, right here. Yeah. Now. Like, it's I have, like, six accurate. sets of dice
2: within reach. That's it. Yeah. Because
4: I like to do those it's- rolls for no reason when you do those. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to make just your to players nervous. The, just
1: uh-huh. so they hear the dice clatter and know something I've been doing that. could be going yeah. on.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right? I oh, ten. yeah. Look at that. Nice. You got 10? Ooh, I got a 15. These are my arena dice from when we played that Sinister Secrets campaign. Nice. With a 15, I'll kick us off. We are two sisters by marriage who love to talk about... See, I took the easy part. I get to just read our intro. Yeah. Uh, We... So back in college, I met this guy. I thought he was cute. And uh, we started dating. And then the important thing happened is I met his sister. And she's great. That's Sarah. I married him. He's cool. And (laughs) But then Sarah and I became very good friends. And I think, gosh, a couple of years ago... We had this sort of passing conversation of, we both really want to get back into D&D. We should convince my husband, your brother, that to run some games for us so we could play. So he started a game for us that we started every week. But I started before that. I actually think that my husband is my original introduction to into actually playing d and I knew a lot about the game. had done some other kind of TTRPG type stuff, but he was the first person who brought us in at third edition. I think it's 3.5 actually. And we played this game and I was just like addicted to it instantly. This is so cool. I want to understand everything and what are the parameters of this world. And so it was really fun to just, we were dropping in and out. We would do like day long games. It was like eight hour, like mega marathon sessions that were- Oh yeah. So them. good. But I don't have the stamina for that anymore. Listen, I'm in my 30s. <laughs> Me either. That's And I understand that I am like young to the young to the, <laughs> the game. And so we started doing these every Sunday. We call it nerd church every Sunday, three hour sessions where we would get together. And it was just Isaac running a game with just Sarah and I. And then wow. we have actually another friend of ours who Brandon, who is, he and I recorded an episode of a podcast. Ages ago, we wanted to talk about things. But what we really needed was like a Virgo. So that's where Sarah comes in because we really needed someone to like keep us on task and keep us recording. (laughs) I think two years to almost to the day after we recorded the first podcast, Sarah was like, "Okay, we're going to revamp this. And she set us up and we started recording. and And since then, I'm just like, I'm just like, I just support her, man. She's great. She keeps us in line. She keeps us going. And that's that was the origin. It was a little chaotic and it was a little bit of Zoom video call planning. And then here we were in this podcast, in this mutual hobby that we both loved so much. And now we're here.
2: That's amazing. Awesome.
5: That's awesome.
0: awesome.
4: <laughs> so mine is pretty similar to Morgan's where I started playing D&D. It was in high school. And... One of the first items I ever bought on eBay, like when eBay was new, and this is telling my age, was a D like campaign like module, like the little packets. Get like the mm-hmm. small ones. And it was like $19. And I think I had to use my mom's credit card because I was like fifteen. And I bought it and I was so excited when it came. And I remember going to Goodwill, like thrift stores, and I could find D D books there, which doesn't. I don't think that happened. Not anymore. anymore. Yeah. No, rare. but I, yeah, could, that's, yeah, that's, I could. Yeah, I could scour the bookshelves and I could find stuff so cheap. And I played with a small group boys in my high school. There was no, I don't think there was any girls even really interested. And we did the same thing like the, all day Saturday. We would go there. And I played as a player for a few like months. And then the DM just wanted a break. So he had me. And I had no idea. And I think it was 3.5, three or 3.5. And I just made shit up. (laughs) Like, I fully (laughs) just, I guess we're going to a dungeon. And I would just get a notepad out and sketch out an idea. And until it wasn't like maybe a year or two later that I realized that you had like actual modules with guides. They loved it. They kept coming back. So whatever I was doing. But I would just open the monster manual, like the old monster manual. Um, oh, yeah. And I would just be like, that looks fun. There we go. And I was just total <laughs> improv. Now I plan. Morgan knows. I'm like, I have to have things planned.
2: Like, it was such a simpler time back then,
4: though. Like, it that really reminds, was. You know, it was just like, yeah. sure, bag of Cheetos and Monster. Sure, you know, go for how, it.
2: How much Monster uh, can you drink? And yeah,
4: so. yeah. Yeah. So I played quite a bit in high school and then stopped during college. I didn't really have anyone to play with. And then when Isaac mentioned that Morgan and him were doing stuff. We bullied him into... We you know, did maybe, bully him into we, running I like, a game. I've never played 5e. I would like to learn before, like, I go to a bigger group. Can you just get me in with this new system, new version? And it took me a little bit to pick it up. That's for sure. There's a lot of differences between the two. And then we played for a little bit, and then we got a bigger group. And then we play. And then with the Marilyn PCs, the whole premise, Morgan, was adults who have lives as adults, but want to game. That was the whole foundation of Merlin PCs. is that we know we all have busy schedules and getting a group together of adults is extremely hard. And finding friends as an adult is very hard. And so that's our whole motivation for Merely PCs. Like we get it. We get that this is, how can we help you? How can we make easier to find groups or how can we make your gameplay more fun? So when you do have that precious time, you enjoy it. So then we when we came with Marilyn PCs, that was our overarching brand. Our website is Marilyn PCs and we had that be like the foundation for it. And then we decided to do the podcast and came up with out of initiative as the name for it because we thought we're not actively fighting. We're out of initiative. This is our break time. So that was nice. The yeah, the origin behind the name and just after that, we just got a list together of things we want to talk about and things that come up. And Morgan and I, we try and plan ahead, especially with interviews, but there are times where we'll have a finish a session and like the next day it we'll be like, okay, we need to talk about what happened during the session and we need to, right. We need to talk yeah. about like, why this chaotic player, why is this so fun? Or why is this one type of subclass amazing? Thing. And so we try and structure a little bit, but there is a lot of times just current news or anything that's come up like a new rule that we just find fascinating. And we just want to do an episode. So, yeah, that's I think that's pretty much it.
0: Cool. Cool. <laughs> nice. yeah, great answers. <laughs> yeah,
4: very much.
2: This is going to be so oh. much fun. All
0: right. Go ahead, Lou you go. <laughs> Yeah, so your answer actually rolls into my first question quite a bit. It's been a couple months since Part 1 and only one month since Part 2 since you did the Write, write This or Wing This episodes. And I love those, by the way. They're, like, two of my favorite episodes you've done because I was really in my feels because I was getting ready for my Star Trek game and whatnot. And thinking consciously about what i'm willing to and can in my heart of hearts survive winging versus writing (laughs) is very important it's like sound advice that you gave in that episode and for us i notice sometimes we'll talk about a topic i may come into it with an idea or a thought and we have notes and we talk things out but something comes up in that podcast conversation or with that interviewer that I really rethink how I thought about it, or I have a new idea about this thing after we're done with the episode, not during, but after it's like when I'm editing it, I'm like, huh? Okay. And I was wondering with all the things you covered and so many vast topics in tabletop games, is there anything that you would change about what you were you would prefer to write versus wing, or are there new topics that you would add to the to either column? Is there something oh. else that you hadn't thought of that you didn't get a chance to mention? It's like a great way to addendum the episodes, oh. I guess.
4: That's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. Those were fun episodes. We really cause we have I, fairly polar opinions on this, Morgan. We do you are we have definitely very team wing opinions. and I am team. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know if we even talked about this in the episode, but since I've been GMing, I'm currently running Curse of Strahd. And since mm-hmm. I've been GMing, I feel like any of the moments where there's like a dream or a vision or any, like we did the Taroka readings, I, that I writing it is just, I have to do it because I feel like that can be so cryptic for the player. I've been on the player side, Where they don't understand what it is. You want to be cryptic, but you also need to give them this information. And I feel like writing it down, then I make sure I'm not missing that. Because it's just such a precious moment. There's, well, in our group, they don't take a lot of long rests. And when they finally do, or anything happens, then it's just, it's like this precious moment. So I feel like any sort of like dreams or visions, I definitely need to write everything. Like almost scripted. I don't know. How about you, Morgan?
5: it's funny because since we recorded that my first knee-jerk reaction to your question Lunica is like oh I've been a player because we did my big three-year campaign ended so I think I'm gonna get rusty I feel like I'm gonna want to write more than I would naturally naturally I would just let it improv but just a couple of weeks ago we had a player last minute so sorry I've got a big work thing that came up I can't make it and it was like Saturday and what we had planned for what Sarah had planned for the session she was like it's be heavily dependent on this character yes we can't really run the game tomorrow not in a how dare he have a life but in Mm -hmm. a cool let's find a solution which our group is really good at great let's work together and find a solution so I said I have an idea for a one shot But I haven't like fully worked it out. All I know is like, I have this really fun idea for a prompt. You guys are on a train and you don't, you may or may not remember, but you have died. And I thought I would give them three options they could be a guest, they could be crew, or they could be a stowaway. And whatever they chose, I had like stuff written after that. And I thought, oh, this is so clever. I'm going to script so much of this. And I scripted not one single damn word. We got in and. We start our game at 9 a.m. and 8:55. I've got coffee in hand. It was Irish. I've got a coffee in hand, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna figure this out. I know I can tell. I remember off the top of my head that I have a train map. So I was gonna say start. you
4: had a map. You had maps. So I had a map.
5: What's funny is if you rewatch, we record the, <laughs> our sessions for ourselves, just like unlisted on the side, so that we can relive the insanity that group comes up with. And if you go back and watch the recording, you can see me placing maps and placing tokens, you can tell that I'm literally assembling this one-shot as I'm running it. Like, I was the Wallace and Gromit gif of them putting the track down as the train goes by. uh, Literally, because
4: we're on a train.
5: Because literally, and uh, it ended up being... (laughs) The whole group said we all want to be guests on the train and plant among the group. My spouse said that he would be willing to be crew. So I said, great, you're the bartender on the train. We'll call it the train to hell and we're you're being attacked because i don't know i'll come up with it in the moment and organically as the session goes on one of the players says i'm a warlock and i have a pact and my patron is someone unsavory." and i'm like great your patron's sending someone to kill you off we go here's a harpy and literally everything i was like <laughs> clicking through DD beyond and dropping tokens and i'll open photoshop and color correct things and throw them in and so it's funny because in right this wing that i was like i really think that i need to have at least some story beats turns out no it turns out i can't can improv the whole thing and it was exhilarating and very stressful and certainly not my best work but it was a fun session everybody had a blast mm, that's it amazing. was a great
4: time great time well, the
1: more yeah. you do that the better you get at it
0: yeah yeah oh, and, and, I, i'm and, not good at and, that and, at all yeah, yeah And to i quote struggle our, with it too but <laughs> and to quote our dear friend over at the rpg academy if you're having fun you're doing it right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys could see me like before, like when we would run our Patreon actual play sessions, like when we were running through kind of a modified version of Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And so i like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? It's got like the whiteboard <laughs> with the red <laughs> string and like, me. here's the Wild yes. Beyond the Witchlight thing. And here's all yes. the other stuff that's around it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, those, you look like yeah. Charlie when you're doing that description. <laughs> <laughs> the audience but, can't see it, but you really <laughs> have to just. Yeah. He you, you nailed so the conspiracy
1: have, theorist yeah. working with the big giant murder board yeah. Yeah. you simply that.
0: have to put a headset on and a <laughs> merely npc's hoodie on charlie yeah. and that's the me that's what i just saw it's perfect i'm oddly this weird mix between the two of you that t- you in my head i'm still trying now. to wrap around it and i think glenn and i are fairly similar in this correct me if i'm wrong when i'm done with this glenn mm-hmm. which you i'm sure you will <laughs> the answer
1: uh, we are we script mm-hmm. different things and prep different things we but we both prep some things and wing others
0: yeah. So I am all about prepping the game world, the background details, the factions. I am in the nitty gritty with the character development, where they go. It's my one struggle with one shots is it's hard for me to do what I feel is a compelling story without knowing all those backgrounds. So for a lot of the one shots I run, I create characters, build the backgrounds. And like I have a I have folders of characters of variant levels, like 30 deep. So that there's plenty of options for people to pick from, but I crafted all the backgrounds just so they fit in the various game worlds that I run, and I have to do that. But literally, the moment I say, and let's get started, other than the intro scene, this is how you get introduced. I have an outline that frequently is maybe three, four acts. And there's high-level things, and I know my NPCs because I did all that background work, but everything else is completely sandboxed in most of the things I run. It is really about, you want to go left, you go left. I built the ga- campaign world that I'm currently running two campaigns on, going on five years at this point. I'm running two, two full-time campaigns and a secondary campaign that comes in intermittently. And it literally started with one building, one square that was someplace else in town and a festival. And I had three bad guys attacking this one kid who was a friend of the PC's. That was how it started. (laughs) Everything from there is we want to go to such as a place. Where's that going to be? I literally said that's to the North by X amount of distance. And they simply wrote that down, built the world map (laughs) just by counting the amount of days it took to get from this place to another place. And that time (laughs) was generated by, um, How much time I needed them to get long rest or what have you? Yeah. So I wing almost everything, but I got. But I feel like I can't run a game or a new campaign if I don't spend. I'll spend six months or a year planning it, and then from then on I can wing the whole thing.
5: I will say, I will say that I am also in the middle of building a world for art because we ended our two major campaigns that we were running with this group. My husband and I alternate who DMs each weekend to. Different campaigns in the same world. So they're concurrent, but they're in different locations. And then we have a shared calendar and we just track like what's happening. So if something happens and they, you know, group A causes an avalanche, group B might hear news an avalanche happened a week ago because I know that's where it was on the calendar. That's really so cool. So we do, uh, we because we've been able to go back and forth, I have all this prep time in between. So now we've closed both those campaigns and we're getting ready to do an, a fully homebrew world because we were in Fairon before and now we're doing a fully homebrew world and we will we will probably spend the better part of a year. I've got, I mean, it's a podcast, but off just off the screen that you can't see, I've got <laughs> a grid of post-it notes as we've been building out our Pantheon, which nice. we did in this like super chaotic like grid format uh, that I would really recommend all the time. And we'll have this world fully fleshed out and then i will be winging things within the world that i know so like to your point yes it'll be fully winged but we built the world this one shot that i ran i actually will i would challenge anyone to do this the entire one shot was in one single train car like they never left the one train car and i ran a three-hour one shot in the bar cart of a train car on of the train that's on its way to whatever the afterlife is and that is technically in canon for our campaign to world, which was one of the things that I was the most excited about. But all I needed was like the kind of rough outline of what does that look like Are the rules? Are there rules? And then the rest of it's like, I'm coming up with it on the spot. Like, oh, yeah. When you shoot out the window, absolutely. We should use action movie logic. You just shoot right back in the opposite window and we can just roll with it that way. But yeah, I think if it's anything outside of one or two locations i do need some world building in advance mm-hmm. i can wing everything
4: in the session
2: there's a name for that trope it's like an episode in a bottle or something bottle episode
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. Bottle episode, yeah. yeah. we actually did an episode called a bottle we, episode we, nice.
5: we did a bottle actually episode
4: nice. talking about bottle episode. Yeah.
5: yeah yeah strongly I mean,
4: recommend by the way yeah they're great
5: well they're and with an early really micro
1: environment coming up with they're just amazing. a loose idea and then winging it's significantly easier but you're not wrong once you're looking at a whole world
0: it takes more mm-hmm. prep. That's different, yeah. Because once you're playing multiple sessions and you're talking a whole world, that throws in consistency. You have to worry about consistency, and, yeah. And while the, you yeah. Can, yeah. And while you can wing it while you're building it, you can't wing it the next time you touch it. Right. That's, that, that's where I either need to prep because I am notorious for writing notes that I lose, can't yeah. read, or cannot find on my computer. And yeah, your player's are play. smart
4: man. Oh, yeah. your player <laughs> – they're to call so you smart. On that they're so yeah. smart oh
0: uh, <laughs> you know, this is
2: with so I run a very collaborative style of gameplay right so so that's why I don't flesh out a lot of world details because I let a lot of those happen at the table but I remember when I was running my homebrew campaign after the first session I had five typed pages of notes of things that I needed to go ahead and put in the world database because it had been decided at the table oh hey I guess this city has like a lot of shipping and receiving because they saw someone cleaning horse crap off the streets okay cool yeah but what does that actually mean that sort of thing what are the details that the players are never going to see that I now know what that means.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: Hey there, Travelers. We're going to be participating in a TTRPG takeover on the Good Pods app, and we could use your help. On March 28th and 29th, we want to flood the app with listens of indie TTRPG podcasts. You can help us out by signing up on Good Pods, following and listening to us there, and leaving that sweet five-star with a nice comment or question so that we can interact. Then, on the 28th and 29th, listen to some of the podcasts in the featured section of the app to discover new shows. You'll find plenty of friends of the show, plus tons of podcasts you've never heard before. That's on Good Pods. Download it today for your Android or Apple device. Alright, so I'm going to dive in here, and I wanted to talk about, we talked about this in the pre-show, and one of our favorite things that y'all do is your short content your video content on youtube your video content on tiktok your tiktoks are hysterical if you're not following these folks on tiktok you should they're hysterical their meme game is on point it's fantastic but the other side of that too your youtube content where you have the one and two short little episodes up Dealing with content that you've had on your show or even just like little asides and everything like that is fantastic. And so where I'm coming from on this one is as a fellow podcaster whose short game is not Lee, how do you, what's the process that you guys go through to decide like what content fits that short form and how like how you do it?
5: So the super important thing that I'll preface everything before Sarah can even say anything because it's important. Sarah's the funny one. I have to be really clear here. <laughs> that is, not, it's funny, true. Not, true. That is it's not funny. True. It's Sarah.
4: <laughs> okay. So a lot of my a lot of our content with TikTok is inspired by our actual games, our actual experiences. And Morgan can attest to this. We'll have a session Sunday and it'll be like Tuesday or Wednesday. I will hear, I'll be scrolling. I spend A lot of time on TikTok. Usually doing other things, but also on it. And I will hear a sound. And that is usually the first thing that inspires me. I go, oh my gosh, this sound is perfect. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to save it. So I save it. And, or if I'm busy, I have two children and I work from home and I'm busy. I will take that sound. I will record what I want to say, just whatever I'm wearing, record it, and then save it to my drafts. And then when I have time... I will, and it's quiet in my house, I will (laughs) record it properly. (laughs) Some, I will have to, honestly, the TikToks that have performed the best took the shortest amount of time to record. The ones that have been the most successful, I maybe spent 30 seconds to a minute. I recorded maybe two or three times, called it good and sent it on its way. The ones that haven't performed as well, I've spent way too much time on. And it's just the way the algorithm works. I, it's a mystery, but yeah, they're typically inspired from our own games and that's the appeal with TikTok. It's that niche. It's that shared experience that we've all had at the table and you don't realize it until you post it and you're like, Oh my gosh, everybody's had this. And I just, I'll just draw from our own games. The one, the most recent one where the new the player is now the new DM because the DM wants a break was Totally inspired by Morgan and her new Excellent. character. Excellent. <laughs> Finally getting to play a character that's chaotic. <laughs> it was totally inspired by our own games. And I love it. It's just like this fun creative outlet that we get to do and we get to connect with this amazing community. It's been overwhelmingly positive. Our comments we get, people commenting on, oh, you're running Curse of Strahd and this is what happened, or oh, something silly about dice. It just it's great to engage. With this huge community, mostly positive. I think it's been great. And we try and take turns. Morgan usually does the ones that are actually like Educational. <laughs>
5: like, I'm the overthinker. So I'm like, let me just tell she you all the She does the
4: things. ones that actually give value. I'm the ones that's just, this is silly. And so I just post it. Yeah. But you no, know, it's collaborative. We I think we kind of work, work together.
5: It's pretty collaborative. Yeah. We yeah. Talk, talk a lot, like back and forth. We do a lot of it. And then I would say Sarah does the yeoman's load of the posting. And then I'll like periodically sneak one in. That's, oh, I had an idea and all. Or it's yeah. been sitting in my drafts for a while. And finally, you know, what, just stick it out there. Let's just do it. But yeah, it's actually really funny because a few times we've had videos that we post where we get a lot of corrections or somebody thinks that we're incorrect about something. And some of that comes from like our gender identity, of course. I think that is always a factor when we're talking about people on the internet. And we have actually started embracing it because at first I thought, oh, hurtful comments. I think on YouTube, some of those are like cutting comments. Like, yo, what a waste of my life.
4: Okay, all right. I'm sure you probably have too. Yeah, you it
2: was,
0: get a few it was comments. was a two minute video on encumbrance. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, like, <what?
4: laughs> Off the wall. Yeah. No. Yeah,
0: uh, you're right. I don't think those two things pertain. <laughs> <laughs> you need Wait, more. And oh, don't you want reply to replace things image. like that
1: with but with something like but it still inspired you to stop and type this, didn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah. I have stopped doing that because I realized that I what I need to do is lean into the fact that I'm a Leo and just start fights. So when people are like, <laughs> actually, Tieflings can also fly from level one if yes, they take this that variant Yes, that was one
4: and comment And I'll like we reply got. to
5: the videos that are wrong. I banned that because it's just like whatever you want. <laughs> because then people will get mad and they just start. And I just like comment and just go on with my day. This is great. They're really driving the algorithm for us. So, Perfect. I enjoy the heck. I'm the one back there. We'll have sometimes
4: discourse. Someone will comment and then someone will reply to that comment, not involving yeah. us. And it'll just back and forth. There'll be discourse, either just seriously discussing or sometimes getting a little hostile. But it just drives the video engagement when they just yeah. have those We just stay out of it. We just stay out of
5: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. do Years ago,
2: hearing start fights. That's how you do it.
5: Okay. Yeah. I, know,
0: I used of. to, before I was done fighting daily about politics with folks on the interwebs, I used to have what I called dust up Fridays, where I literally would wake up, pick a topic, choose chaos, and and I think it was more order because I would find uh-huh. the topic. And then I would find the person I would choose to set off that day, and I would type that thing. And basically, I would spend 15 minutes going back and forth with as many people who wanted to comment, and they, I would lo- see like these posts like light up, and I would walk away and go to work for 12 Yeah! Hours.
2: You jerk. That and makes so much more sense now. Right. Randomly, every, I would every, hear from you with some
0: asinine every, topic. Every Friday. <laughs> every Friday. Dust up Friday. And then... Because I became very invested in those fights, I decided at some point that I had to stop, and I did. So I don't do that anymore. (laughs) Usually people want to drag me into that, and I try not to. Now the only times I get into it is if I'm saying, whether I agree with your point or disagree with your point, you're just arguing it badly. If you're going to say this, at least have a useful argument. I'll give you one. I don't agree with it, but here's a useful argument. go be fruitful and then i'll walk away
5: (laughs) i feel like your comments were the ones where you would just chime in and be like straw man like you don't even need to go anywhere (laughs) like
0: just Uh these are
2: lies
0: (laughs) i might have to use that Uh one for that that's That's good yeah that's fun
2: buy bias much? Yeah. All right. Gentlemen, we're up to round two. Ooh, <laughs> so let's do it. 45 minutes into an hour-long episode, we're on to round two. <laughs> nice.
5: Uh... I'm well
2: Hold on,
1: everybody.
5: We're very verbose, so no. I-, I was not thinking we
0: would get this far.
2: Oh, uh, that's a four uh, for me. I'm not going Not going first again.
0: I'm not going first with a four also. Ooh, wow. okay. Oh. You go second, oh.
1: I'm assuming. What do you got, Glenn? What if I got a two?
5: Oh, Oh, what's his dex modifier?
1: Yeah, I I, I, I rolled a 17. I rolled a 17. None
2: of the three of us have dex modifier. (laughs) (laughs) You got a 17 there, Glenn? Yeah, I did uh, get a 17. So so that gets the
1: tail out of your two fours.
2: Yeah, Yeah. roll again See who goes second. Not me. Seven come 11.
1: Yeah. I'm probably going last. I guess that makes it my turn. And it is a new round, though. So if you guys are going to alternate answers again, you also have to roll initiative again. Yeah. So for my, for, roll? my
5: Done. for my next question, I'm going <laughs> to
0: take it a little accepted. bit
1: more broadly into the D&D world of Fundum. You both run games. You're both storytellers and players, which is fantastic. You got a lot of well-rounded experience. And we were hit with this question in one of the shows that we went on, and I thought it was a fantastic question. We had so much fun with it. So I'm going to give it to you. What are your two personal, if you were to consider the monsters that you're familiar with in the Monster Manual your two favorite, most underutilized creatures, Ooh.
5: and why? That's a great question. That is a great question. I've got a three here. So I got a
4: two, so you go. First. Okay.
5: <laughs> so listen, this is a weird one, and I think it came out of one of Matt Mercer's books. The husk zombies are so terrifying because they are pretty squishy. We love a zombie, right? We love to throw a zombie in. The players know what to do. They know what to expect. The husk burster zombie is a zombie that explodes when it dies. I think a death rattle is a lot of fun, like Magic the Gathering, right? The death rattle, I love that. The burster zombie spreads zombification, so it can infect the player, and then they become a husk burster zombie. That's really hard to say burst okay it doesn't matter you know what i'm trying to get at but that's one of my favorite ones to throw in there so i had this story be in our last session that was like there was this plague where people who seemed to die of unnatural causes were not staying dead and we'll throw some husk zombies in there and then the party's oh six zombies were level eight not a big deal except how many of you are going to be melee and then they burst now you're making saves trying to not get zombified So that one was really fun. That's one of my favorite little niche guys to throw in there because you get like some different art on the token. The players can identify pretty easily that's something different. I don't know what that is. And I think it's Explorer's Guide to Mount, well, I think is what it is. Yeah.
4: Be. Yes.
5: Yeah. oh great okay i'm glad that talking through it i eventually got there and <laughs> just can i get this is how improv D is that there's something else going on in the background hopefully while the mouth is still making sense <laughs> we think
2: you it, must be your shows i got it okay <laughs>
5: <yeah>. <laughs> that sounds right <laughs> i identify with that it's, um, it's excellent yes. <laughs>
0: it's,
5: i think it's great like being adhd is awesome i'm that's i just <laughs> <can't assume>. uh, <laughs> yeah
0: the a- episode should. has not aired we just talked about the fact that i started a new medication a week ago it's helping out a lot and uh, it, it is making a big difference
5: oh that's great yeah, yeah. that is because it's a struggle although i think mm-hmm. that it helps me as a gm because being able to like subdivide my brain and like really just constantly be engaged it's pretty cool oh i got a but little exhausting. pop-up alert it is exhausting yeah it's a lot it's I, a lot it's of like many
1: sections running at the same time i get a little bit worn yeah
5: yeah, it's if you sh- turn machinery onto like full blast, like the like, nothing was made to run like that for very long. That's why three hours is the limit. When we were doing really long sessions, I just couldn't handle it. It was like, I just shut down, I, like really, truly ran out of energy and there's not enough Red Bull on the planet to recharge your brain. Sarah and I have talked about this before after a and d session, especially when there's a lot going on. We'll right. end a session and I'm like, OK, guys, great. See you next week. And then boom. OK, that was oh, enough yeah. That. Oh, yeah. We have an
4: intense session. I usually have <laughs> to go just lay down in a dark yeah. room, not necessarily nap for 20 minutes, half an hour. Like no one talked to me. I just need to like. recharge. (laughs) It is. It's straight. It's fun. I love it, but it's a lot. It
1: can be a lot. It can be a lot. Yeah, I absolutely feel that. Morgan, I love your answer. I'm going to tell you the reason why I love it, because I love zombies, and I love taking zombies and turning them on their head and changing that trope and altering that expectation (laughs) to leave the, the players like, wait a minute. It was just supposed to be a zombie. What the hell? To, in fact, as a teaser to one of the adventure starters and our coming project that we're finishing up, I designed... A sea, tor- sea turtle humanoid because th- that other racial okay. name is not SRD and turned into a zombie. <laughs> so now it's got the shell for the higher AC, it moves a little bit slower. And then I designed an ability called Horde Recruiter and tacked mm-hmm. that onto him. And he should be a lot of fun. And some of the minion guys that run around with them part of a yeah. little zombie army thing that goes on and it's pretty there, creepy.
2: Are, there are a couple of zombies in the book that that uh, that have uh, contagious zombie traits yep, actually yeah, there are indeed that was uh, I in, used, in the weeping quarry too yeah so indeed i'm working the, um, on that elder one right brain
5: now. dragon
2: oh that's a great monster that's, oh that's a good that's a it great was, monster. i used
5: it as part one of a two-phase like big bad like final battle for a big boss good uh, god uh, and, part two. and i think the It was an elder brain. And I could not roll a five or a six on that gosh darn psionic blast to save my life. And we're using digital dice. So in the recording, I'm like, I think fudging dice rolls is a thing that happens. And it is a thing that a lot of DMs need. And if if I can't roll to recharge a psionic blast and it has skewed the actual challenge rating of the encounter enough that the players are just waltzing through what should be a really epic encounter then fudge the dice right fudge the dice but i was rolling them digitally i just kept getting to okay and this time for sure I'll, it'll recharge no. and i finally had to say okay stop rolling them digitally because i need to roll them physically so that if i fudge it it's between me and god and not me and this recording that dnd beyond is gonna get and belong to the players later My biggest Uh,
4: fear, yeah, is if I roll publicly. So I use physical when I'm doing because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think that makes sense. The contagion element, yeah, you do mix, yeah,
0: yeah. Generally, any NPC I roll digitally, and then I will roll my big bag physically, and then smart, that's smart, uh, and then I'll do and. Minions are usually going to be digital because it's faster or whatever. Faster. But because I mix and I try not to be consistent, like some uh, other than what characters are, that way there's no oh he's rolling himself. That means it must be X. And I really try to mix it up or whatever a little bit, so it's all over the place.
2: Cool, Sarah. How about you? How about what's on your creature list? Yeah.
4: Yeah. So was it just where one? Do we just have to pick one? Is that what you said, Morgan? I've been thinking a lot more like with encounters on how instead of just hit back, that kind of thing, I like to add monsters that have multiple abilities, multiple actions they can take instead of just hit and then get hit. So I really like marrow, the swimming guys, yes, right? Because I love them. <laughs> I feel like they, not only can they attack with their claws and all that kind of stuff, they have, they're very strong. They have the swim speed. And so if you're anywhere, like along a river or a lake, if people are in a boat, if they're in a sewer, there's just that aspect they can grab them and pull them underwater. And I just, instead of, yeah, instead of just attacking back and forth, they they could just grab them and they have harpoons. So they have some reach. And I just, I really like having either something that's in the water that can pull them underwater. So you have that element or as Morgan had recently something that flies and can pull them up in the air. So I'm always trying to think how I can go, what do we say, 4D chess, <laughs> 3D <Yeah>. chess. <laughs> yeah. That okay. does get to become a struggle if they're flying and carrying, okay, they're 30 feet up and how do you attack them and that kind of thing. But yeah, marrow or any equivalent to that kind of thing. in I think would be underutilized. I don't, there's not enough. That yeah, sounds fantastic. So yeah. I, I
1: love it. And uh, it kind of, yours plays into what I used for my answer when I was asked this question, which was mm-hmm. the shambling mound. Oh. The shambling mound doesn't take you up or down, but when your tank gets engulfed and now they're yes. inside the mound, and yes. yeah, it raises yeah. the terror level a little bit for everybody, and right? they're not expecting it.
0: I love marrow. Uh, when I started my one-shot series campaign that I run at a local convention from time to time in my big campaign world, the first horde villains that those characters faced were Mero. They were the perfect horde going against third-level characters. Perfect, yeah. They were exceptionally dangerous, but they didn't have so many hit points. that They lasted too long. Nope. And nope. you just put enough of them there. You had a bunch of them focus on some commoner NPCs and like Jonesy's in a drink. Oh, right? oh. <laughs> yeah. Harpoon takes the guy standing next to the captain to the heart, <laughs> yanks him off the boat and yeah. plays him like, what in the world? I, I, they're a great villain. All right, Lunica, it is your question, sir. When you were talking about your history and the fact that you both started in 3.0 or 3.5, one of the additions that I truly love, I think I really came into my own as a crafter of stories. I DM'd long before that, but it was a high schooler DMing. It was a (laughs) college student DMing and doing this thing because it was fun with his buddies kind of thing. At 3.5, I was really focused on making a good story that could be told and remembered and would be enjoyed in perpetuity. So I really love that game and that game system. And I was wondering, what is your favorite 3.5 mechanic or character concept that did not make it into 5th edition? What would you like to see in a new fantasy sword and board kind of game if they could port that in and build that into say something like the black flag project
5: gosh it's been so long so i had to do a really super fast google to try to refresh my memory and the first thing that came up was like oh yeah i loved that oh yeah i loved that too oh yeah i love that one thing that we have actually brought over from 3.5 into our 5e games um pretty consistently depends but pretty consistently because it's just fun is feats like using more feats instead of choose an asi or a feat at level four and like we started doing you can choose an asi and a feat we had some kind of stipulations around it so you didn't get too many adjustments to your ability scores. So like you can choose a feat, but it can't increase any ability score that you've already increased with your and. We were really strongly encouraging for the players to choose a feat that was more about flavor and less about stats because we have a group of min maxers. And the only time they don't min-max is when in Curse of Strahd, which is hilarious because that's when you really want a strong character. And now it's just my whispers bard doing... You 66. are the
4: min-max, Morgan.
5: Yes. I'm like, how did I end up a bard? <laughs> how did I end up as a bard tank? Anyway, so (laughs) I think that using uh, College of Whispers has some very interesting, especially as a fallen Asmar. Ended up with, I get all this necrotic damage, Mm -hmm. the shroud out, and you get all this extra necrotic damage. And I've got the extra, I can use, I took one of the psionic feats. So I've got extra psychic damage and necrotic damage for every hit. And I can burn some of the bardic inspirations to do extra. It's a whole... It's a whole production. It's a lot of like multiple parts of the character sheet getting utilized all at once. But I think it's a lot of fun. And it means I can do five or 66 with a melee attack. Not even not even a spell attack. I was like really impressed with myself. But yeah, bringing in more feats. That's I think they're so fun. And they're new player traps when we come in and you're like, oh, I could just increase two points, but that's boring. I'd much rather have this alert feat that looks fun or observant. Of course, I fall for observant every time.
0: Lucky, See, I think that's one <laughs> that's like, mechanic. I always, know I just always yeah observant I so, not take it. It allows me to not put a lot into wisdom because I know I'm going to take observant. Yes, <laughs> smart. Yeah. Yeah. Just I do it almost every time.
4: I feel and this has probably been said multiple times, minions having minions. Yes. Like from mm. 3.5. And I as a gene, I just incorporate, I just add them. I just yeah. try. I've several times I've had it one big bad. And it's just, you got to add more, you got to add more, even if they're only a couple hit points, handful of hit points. Yeah. Uh, I know as a player, I just love to just go in and just. Clear oh, out it. One you hit,
2: two just- hit minions right. Or yeah, yeah,
4: right. Yeah. And we had that with Curse of Strahd with the Blights when they went to the wizard or the winery and they were just one hit point. And I think the players really enjoyed that because they could just clear them out. So it's I, I fantasy. think minions, You want to feel powerful. Right? Yep. I read there was a, I think there was a post and they were talking about the GM had not planned anything for the session that day and they built an old, I think it was like an old temple or an old mansion or something and it was infested with imps and Mm. the players went, they spent a whole session just going room to room, (laughs) killing these imps and they just tried different ways and they used different spells and they had like downtime in between for short rests and... They were all like tight, ty- like five hit points. They were all tiny. And they said their players had the most fun with that. So yeah, I think minions bring back minions and yep. how to rule them easier. Because I yeah. think some people get overwhelmed on how you run 10 or 15 or 20 bytes and
2: yeah, so you know, good. it's funny yeah. that you say that because there have been numerous times that I've trotted out minions, like in in the playtest that we were doing for the book and stuff like that, and trot out minions, and it, they still confuse like players. They're like, yeah, it it's like, okay, we're playing in D&D Beyond, and like, okay, you hit that minion, I'm going to put, there are two hit minions, so I'm going to put a red circle around them. And they go, oh, what does, do they, did I hit them for more than half of their hit points? And I'm like, i Just ignore the fact they have a red circle. Just go with me here. Hit hit it a second time; it'll die. it Doesn't matter how many hit points you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but is
5: it bloodied? Do you guys feel? Is it bloodied? Did I bloody it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Does it look how wounded? It's a minion. That's how wounded it looks. Like that's Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I use a lot of minions in my games, and depending on the tier of the campaign, one, two, or three hit. And then, in addition to that, I do use the bloodied condition. I just play with that. I think that's a great. I mechanic. think it's good. Yeah, it's very descriptive, and I don't get into the nitty gritty about how many hit points there are because yeah. I use that. And yeah. my my the on my table, bloodied means half of their hit points. So that and so if it's a two hit minion and you hit it once i'm like it's bloodied. if it's a three hit minion they hit it once it's how's it looking i'm like it's still there it's in the fight and then they hit it again it's now bloodied and from there but yeah minions is a great one to bring in
2: okay
1: sorry i like lee when he question enough that i have to answer it too because I've, he hasn't asked this question before and i had one <laughs> i want to see it's a good question i want to see prestige classes Oh, then we got the class, and Get then we got the subclass, right? <laughs> so now somewhere around level 10 or 12, you can tie them to a faction or something else in your world, but we could create another later level subclass that they can shift into if they meet the requirements. And I think yes. that's super hot to create oh, some yeah. more high level flavor for those end tiers.
2: Yeah. yeah, the Bladesinger yeah. just did not work as a subclass. It really it was okay, but it does not work really as a subclass. It really needs that prestige class for lack of a so,
0: technical term. Yeah, two things on that. Glenn, you were in my head when I wrote that question. That's exactly how I answered it myself. I it's not that uncommon,
1: class. my friend. Yeah. We, we think similar uh, yeah. thoughts pretty often. Yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So I played a Bladesinger singer in Dragon Heist and I found that it worked exceptionally well in that campaign but I can't think of other campaigns where it worked, where it would have worked as well and it's simply because of the types of characters that you're going to get into and the type of story it is I we moved into the the dungeon of the mad mage I and it was going okay but at that point We were sixth or seventh level, and so I think at any point you're sixth or seventh level, and I'm the kind of player that takes feats, not Uh ASIs, so I was building onto it in a way that allowed me to be better than the level would normally have allowed me to be. So, yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. All right.
2: Cool. I guess it's up to me here and I, I may actually get the last question of the night because we're already, it's getting close to be time already, which means that naturally I have to go for like the, like we've been hitting you with softballs all night long. I really, I got to go with like the dagger through the heart. It's the toughest oh question that we ask. We have asked it to numerous guests. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. See, they know what's coming. We've got some fantastic answers. And so I really think that you guys are going to knock this one out of the park too. I want you to take an IP out there in the world, some intellectual property that is like your like personal geekdom, your personal fandom, and y- someone approaches you and says, merely NPCs, we want you to do the role playing game port of this IP. And it's like your dream IP to go ahead and make a role playing game for. What is it?
5: I love this question so much. I'm so excited. It's like the best
2: question ever. Yeah, that's true.
5: The Korean drama Tomorrow, which is based on (laughs) Sarah's, oh my God, Morgan K. dramas, come on, which is based (laughs) on, I think, a manhwa novel, is about a group of grim reapers who are sent back to Earth to find people who are struggling with struggling with depression or series of challenges, and who are considering taking really drastic measures on their own lives. And the these specific grim reapers, they have they have a special they have a special name. They're like the. I can't remember like recovery squad or something like that they have this cool name and they swoop in and they help these people see that they have so much to live for and it is a really beautiful moving story where we have the majority of the story takes place in our realm split with in this afterlife world they have the jade emperor who is this little ajima who's she's so cute and then all of a sudden she's got these huge shoulder pauldrons and glowing robe and glides around the room and i was not expecting this little auntie to suddenly be the god figure but the whole story is the friction between these people in the afterlife and then this special grim reaper squad who goes in and tells people that it's worth living and they do a lot of fighting. I also just finished yesterday Taxi Driver, another great K drama about taking revenge on bullies. And the whole thing is just finding people who were oppressing others or otherwise not treating people very well and giving them a taste of their own medicine and making them quite literally see how wrong they were. And I think that has so much potential as a PG, because we could be talking about: Are you a human who's now helping the reapers? You don't have any powers, but then you might you might gain rank and develop powers that you can use to move quickly, but can't let the humans know that you have special abilities. I feel like there's just I feel like there's a lot to work with there.
1: That's amazing. I can see that That's it sounds absolutely-
2: sounds a lot like we had um, when we had Sadie Lowry on last year. She said Persona, which is another kind of manga inspired product, and that sounds very similar. So that sounds great
5: it's a good topic and i think a lot of yeah. a lot of east asian media yeah. can go cover through this in a way that i haven't really seen in a lot of western media which is yeah. super refreshing and i just yeah it's got a lot of potential it could be really cool And there's a lot of badassery which is a very real world real word and i, I just like i, yeah. who, I just want to get in there and punch bad guys like nice. people who are like patently bad punch them yeah. <laughs> it's great
2: all right sarah you-
4: this was you, tough. This you, was you, tough. Yeah, I was dragging you
2: my time. Brain. That's yeah. Yes, <laughs> like,
4: thank am. you. for, <laughs> for you. <laughs> Always helping me out. I would love Carnival Row. I don't know if you guys have seen that at all. Be familiar uh, with it? Okay, Ooh. it's Victorian inspired yeah. fantasy, and it's basically the premise is that humans. I think they moved on to this new continent, and on the continent, there's already these kind of mythical being there's fairies and I think there's satyrs and a couple other different fantastical beings. And of course there's unrest between the two. And the first season, there's some sort of dark entity that is murdering the fairies. And then there's this human detective that's trying to find out who did it. And so he's on their side and there was a war. And I just think it would be so fun. It's very Victorian London setting so there could be like some steampunk maybe elements to it, but I just the costumes, everything. I think that would be amazing TRPG and you could just have all these different amazing oh, that would be be mystery, cool. mystery noir kind of setting yeah. I think that would be fun.
2: I like the that's whole like a dark group. carnival trope too. Yes.
4: That mm-hmm. yes. would go really
2: well. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, uh, along those lines, I always thought that a, an RPG based on the Nevers would have been a great.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Amazing that was one. another
0: yeah. one. We way. say sliders when, sometimes too, Lewanika and I both like sliders. sliders. Morgan, when you mentioned the nature of the Grim Reapers, my head immediately went to early 2000s and the show Dead Like Me. Yes! Oh, yeah! And I absolutely love that show. All two seasons of it should have been more. But I think that would be a perfect Powered by the Apocalypse game. Like, that lack of need for combat mechanical stuff but just the need to have abilities that let you do things and interact with other people in interesting ways i think you could craft some really interesting and fun and eclectic stories with dead like me because those characters were great for the season he was on it mandy patenkin was in my opinion at his best save the princess bride like really good stuff in that show
2: yeah. You are not alone on that, actually, Levanika. There's a bunch of chatter about a dead like me RPG on the. I just googled it while you were talking there, so yeah. That's oh, because that's always the fun bit is that whenever people give that answer, I was like, well, let's see if one actually exists, so I can go ahead and point them. And I think for the first time ever, both of you came up with one that doesn't have an RPG. <gasps> so, like, into the
4: universe. Oh. Yeah, you never know.
5: So, yeah.
2: Let it happen. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> we're totally not looking like skim for ideas. That's all we're doing. I promise. So, alas, our time is up. Morgan, Sarah, it's been awesome having you on here, though, sharing a little glimpse. I think of what your show sounds like because that's this episode felt like felt like hey, what not. your show sounds like. So, yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> right. no, um, absolutely. Before- before uh, we let you go, though, let our listeners know where they can find merely NPCs and out of initiative and all the other stuff that you guys do.
5: You can find us on social media. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're in some places at merely NPCs. And I have to get this out of my head or otherwise I'll forget another sea turtle because we can't use that. That's not SRD. The turtle's not SRD, but it's an, a pangolin. It's a pangolin is how I've reskinned those. Anyway, that's un- completely <laughs> yeah. unrelated to anything. Just the armadillos and the pangolins were really in my head. We're at Merely NBCs on TikTok. I promise we're a little more put together than whatever that <laughs> word vomit just was. And we are, I immediately went into our outro. So I'm like, we've been out of initiative, but we're going to get back into it. <laughs>
4: our podcast is out of initiative and it is on Spotify, Apple The Merlin PCs on YouTube has our video recordings of our episodes of Out of Initiative. If you want to watch that way as well. And see our faces. There's a lot of, Yeah. 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 And Twitter, did you say Twitter, Instagram yeah,
5: sometimes? Yeah, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, I think those are the big ones for us. And then yeah. we're also working on some 5e supplemental material and particularly Ooh. building our own contributions to the 5e homebrew space. Yes, um, right. and right. We'll also be doing some system agnostic stuff. I build a lot of one-shots. Sarah has started dabbling into building one-shots as well. I also really like map making, so we've got a map off that we've got on our YouTube channel where we both try to make maps with Dungeon Alchemist as fast as we possibly could. So yeah, we do all kinds of, especially free resources not making one shot ideas we're all about it and we're always up for ideas if you guys have one shots you want us to write like what (laughs) if instead we
1: said if you've got a one shot that you want to play test because you're developing it you could come Ooh, on and run it for us.
5: that's a fun I idea. Did. We will have to hit you up for some playtesting, because that sounds yes. like a great idea. Yes. Right. Yes. So I know that you guys
2: have been off for a little while now, so what's coming up on your channel? So what's what's next on your
5: agenda? The next episode that comes out is going to be about empowering players to run the game so you can take a break. <laughs> so that's what we've been cool. talking about is uh, passing the mantle so everybody gets to experience the game from a different perspective. Awesome.
2: Amazing. Next week on Tabletop Journeys, we have got the awesome interview with Kate from Of Mice and Men and Monsters, the horror English D&D podcast. It's a tremendous amount of fun. Their their show is fantastic, and the interview is going to be really great, so we're really looking forward to that. We are also in the middle of our latest actual play running right now, so you'll be able to hear the next chapter of that on Tuesday. That's the one shot for A Divine Calling. Morgan, Sarah, ladies, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for being Kickstarter backers and supporters of the show. We really appreciate the support and I love having you guys on today. Thank you
0: so much. Yeah. Always fun when we get to hang out. We'll have to throw dice sometime soon. Yes,
4: Yes, for sure.
2: You know, and and Len was saying earlier, if you guys have one shots coming up and you need people to go ahead and and play them, uh, please hit us up. We do writer run actual plays on our show all the time, so we would right. love to have you guys come back and run a run an actual play for us.
1: So yeah. you'll run the game, and then we'll be the players, and maybe and we'll then get some. And you get to be the
5: min max player, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: right. And we will all have dark vision. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. Everyone well,
5: has dark vision.
2: Every stinking race has dark vision now. Anyway, doesn't mean it's not even special anymore. So you know, watch the one that'll be like on the sun, right? You know, that's you know, so
4: not a tunnel like, in sight. Yeah, exactly. All of
2: <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much for popping on here. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed today's show. And go check out merely NPCs. Check them on YouTube. Check them on TikTok. Check out of Initiative their podcast. It's a rollicking good time. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. See you, everybody. y'all. Later. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see
1: all the content that we
2: publish beyond the podcast.
1: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at Journeys, Joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. Check it out today and see all the
0: awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, You would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for Legends await.